Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 117. Kind of an exciting number. 17 is my personal favorite number because I was born on April 17th. And coincidentally, my anniversary is May 17th. And 17 is just a nice prime number. And sevens are cool. So 117 feels feels great. Gosh, cool. 117 episodes. It's exciting. Um, today's guest is a new friend who I met at Gasp a Party. Um, for anyone who's been listening to me for any length of time, you know that a party is not something that this introvert gal usually likes to choose, but it was a really nice, fun um, gathering of cool and artful women. Um, and I met Savannah there and then uh, had her on the podcast and, you know, look forward to like a long friendship ahead. We're also kind of neighbors. She lives like right near me. So, okay. Let me tell you a little bit more about Savannah now. Savannah has always embraced her eccentric side in hopes that other eccentrics would have someone to feel comfortable around. A daydreamer, INFJ, and serial hobbyist, she is constantly switching mediums to help her bring intangible dreams into tangible reality. Ugh, I love it. Known as the dinosaur girl in elementary school, she could be found writing poetry, reading fantasy books, doodling dragons in her notes, collecting figurines, and pretending with her friends in the front yard. She learned to play music on an old trombone that her father had in a bumper sticker encrusted case and still plays in the local city band. She also discovered that she loves Japanese animation and culture, and that has been a large influence in her artistic endeavors. In college, she was introduced She was introduced by a friend to cosplay and conventions. Cosplay is one of her favorite forms of expression as it can touch on every medium, including acting, sewing, 3D printing, sculpting, electronics, painting, puppetry, and everything in between. She has won several awards at local conventions and always has something new to debut to keep it fresh. Savannah is a married, enthusiastic mom that feels she is just as much a kid as her two young boys. When they are both in school full-time in the upcoming year, Savannah plans on launching a clothing brand, uh, Banuio Studios, and Vanavi, an accessories brand where she can share some of her colorful visions with the world. Both brands are based on nicknames given to her by her pro-musician, thrill-seeking father and go-getter, animal-loving mother... And animal loving mother. Uh, Savannah loves encouraging artists of all types and feels that an artist should always make art for themselves first and foremost. I agree with that so much. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have Savannah on the podcast is she's involved in so many mediums and is just inspiring in um, in terms of kind of resourcefulness and just uh, making art, just just doing it, not waiting for permission. Um, it's really inspiring and something that I, I I'd love to see more people do. Um, yeah. And I think any again, people who've been listening for a while know that. I'm really excited lately about artists who just dabble in so many mediums and are just creative in every facet of their lives. And Savannah is certainly one of those people. So yeah, that's what we have coming up today. As always, I'd love to hear from you about what you're liking, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, um, you know, just any thoughts you have. And also, I'd just love to hear from you so that I know you're listening. So yeah, reach out to me. And enjoy this episode with Savannah Nichols. Here it comes. Great art almost feels like magic. 
It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Oh my gosh. The hallowed wine. Like, I'm so stoked for this album. I'm so excited. I love the single, and I love the ideas and the feelings. Thank you. And the colors you're putting into it. And that genuinely means so much to me. I like, I I feel like I, every time I release something new, I get like, I don't know. I have such a feeling. I'm sure you get it, but I, I get like, when I'm making something, I'm just excited. Like, there's no fear. I'm just excited. And then when I start releasing things, it gets so like, but what if people don't see what, like what I see? Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's, it like, it means like so much to especially have people who like I respect as artists say that they like it. So thanks. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for you to hear the rest of it. You should be. You're like, you're building this and then you get to see it like from the outside perspective after that and like and enjoy it you know it's for I, yourself first I hope for you <laughs> I hope so I mean and I yeah. really like it, it's it's so exciting and I'm sure you feel this way about your work too but it's so exciting to have like someone else like notice the thing like the little things that you did like yeah. notice the kind of specifics mm-hmm. so absolutely but we're here to talk about you oh favorite. boy okay <laughs> Um, so let's start at the beginning. Um, I like to ask everybody what they were like as a creative child. And I'll just like give the little caveat that you don't have to like specifically talk about like things that are related to what you're doing now, but just like when you were little, what kind of stuff would, would serve as evidence that you had like a sparkly creative brain? Okay. I'm going to turn you up. Just keep talking. Sounds good. Um, yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about it because I like to plan before (laughs) jumping into stuff. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Um, I think the first inclinations for me, um, I would, I loved to read. I was a very introverted child. I loved to read and, um, what I did found. You read? Oh, oh. Go, oh, you could. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, you're good. Um, I loved poetry, really? just like poetry books and um, Chronicles of Narnia. As I got older, you know, mm-hmm. anything sci-fi, fantasy, that kind of thing. And um, in kindergarten, they had a poetry contest, cool. and I wrote like a two-line poem about rainbows, and I won an award for it. Amazing. And like, <laughs> that's such a boost, you know. <laughs> you're like six years old it It, like it tells you you're good at something and so I kind of really dove into that I did a lot of poetry stuff okay how did you like get into like how did you decide that you liked reading poetry as such a little kid like Mm. did your were there just were there books in the house or was this kind of like a savannah original thought of like I would like a poetry book please um I think it was probably my teachers and yeah, just library books. I noticed that rhyming just felt good, felt good. to do, you know. It does feel good. It does. <laughs> I really relate to that. We had like some poems. We had some books of poetry in my home when I was little. Mm-hmm. We had like this big 
um, like Mother Goose book. And it was like the kind where like it's woven on the Mm -hmm. cover, like a hardback woven. And then it was like gold embossed. And it was like, it just feels magical right away. (laughs) And and, um, I loved that as a kid. And then we had like some Jack Perlutsky poems and Mm -hmm. some um, Shel Silverstein poems. Of course. Yeah. I also loved writing poems and writing rhymes as a little kid. Mm -hmm. Follow up question. Yes. Do you remember being a little kid and like, I don't know. Do you, do you remember feeling like, like reflecting on the fact that you were interested in poetry? Like, did you feel like this is special and like I'm special? Um, or did you kind of just feel like, of course, children write poems (laughs) and like poems. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a big thing in, in that time, maybe in the nineties poetry. We're like the same age, right? How old are you? 35. Okay. I'm 33. So yeah. 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 Do you feel like, I don't know, maybe it just at my school. I don't know. And also I think about this kind of thing all the time. Mm -hmm. Cause I wonder like, what, like were, was, was I different or was this normal? Right. Like I don't, I genuinely don't know, but I I also loved writing poems and like entering little contests. Yeah. They would have the contest. And I think that was probably the real ball rolling thing was totally. the contest like oh I could try something and totally and put that in there and they they, they would give you the printed book? book of everyone's yeah. and seeing what my peers had written was wait exciting. did you grow up in Arizona did yes. I just make that up okay I'm from Arizona too okay so maybe yes. this really was like maybe this was maybe a thing. This was an Arizona thing yeah right? maybe it was but I because I remember like I also had an entry published in like the little poetry contest oh, yeah. when I was like about the same age I think I was in first grade mm-hmm. but I remember like it was an all ages competition. Like yeah. there were different, was yours like the that too? Different grades. Yeah. Um, yeah. There yeah. They would adults have in different grades. Mine too. Okay. But I think the one that I entered was, was put on by the Mesa public library. Okay. And they had this like poetry reading mm-hmm. where like all of the winners from the different ages could come and read their poems. Oh yeah. And I think there was like a dinner, but I just remember being like so little and yeah. you know, like dressing up mm-hmm. and my dad took me. And I remember just like reading my little poem. It was called Night Song. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so like, yeah, of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and, uh, and reading my poem and then like mm-hmm. they had all the kids go first and then like sitting there and like watching the older people read their poems and just feeling like I am part of something like this yes. is, this yeah. is like a group that I want to be in. Yeah. It was magical. Totally it magical. It really was. You could tell any kind of story and like the the more sparse a poem is with words the more you can kind of fill in the blanks with your mind and that to me was like my imagination would just run wild that's such a beautiful way to put that I think Mm -hmm. you're right like poetry lets you do things with language that are are magical they're Mm -hmm. like these little treats yeah Yeah. exactly couldn't agree more (laughs) um do you when you started getting into like reading chapter books like I'm imagining that once again we're similar in this way we're like you have a book all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> With well, kids, it's a little tough. No, topic. I meant when I meant as a when child. We're younger. Yes. <laughs> I also don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sad thing. I wish, you know, someday. Well, I wonder too if it's like internet related also or like mm-hmm. i don't know i think sometimes i was like quite an escapist with my with reading right same thing yeah. and like i don't need to escape from my life anymore yeah. so I, it's kind knows? of a beautiful thing yeah. who right knows? <laughs> i do i listen to a lot of audiobooks now but it's not quite the same as like sure looking at the words you're reading mm-hmm. um but how did you get into like reading longer books and feeling like you kind of always maybe 
wanted to have a book? Yeah. Um, I got a beautiful set of the Chronicles of Narnia and it just had the most amazing artwork. I can't find it ever again. Like they put different artwork on it now, Totally. but it was, it was beautifully done with tons of detail and it was probably from my grandparents. They were always fostering my creative side because they were really into musicals and piano and choir and all this stuff. So they paid for like dance lessons for me and like always encouraging me to try things. So they would get me beautiful books and um, that series, (laughs) I was on my third read through of it and my stepdad who was kind of strict, he's like, you need to try something else I'm like fine and then you were like now it's Harry Potter time yeah yeah <laughs> it was um uh have you ever read the Red Wall series by Brian Shaw with the is that the one with the mice yes, yes. like the woodland creatures yes. I really got into that one yes. it was just so visual he was so good at describing things mm-hmm. he was like Tolkien for younger readers yeah. to me and it was yes. all high fantasy with swords and you know love high fantasy and that one was a big one for me I got really into like Rob anything Robin McKinley wrote like I just wanted to oh. read all of her books oh I don't know that one. you would like yeah. I think you would like them as an adult mm-hmm. I think they're they're like middle grade sure. books but um yeah, and especially like you have daughters, right? Uh, two sons. Oh, you have two sons. Okay, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I know. I knew you had two kids, but I didn't. I couldn't remember the genders. Yeah. I'm just like picturing you as someone who would be like Aww. a great mom to little girls. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, <laughs> I, I did want a girl. Yeah. It just didn't work out. <laughs> well, you know, it's you, know, you do what all, you can. <laughs> all gender is a construct. So, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was gonna. I mean, I'm sure your boys would love these books too. But oh, I think yeah. they're kind of they're kind of written like they put like girls in hero roles in a way oh. that was maybe like a little bit not that common interesting then. yeah so and she also does these she writes these books where she like reimagines fairy tales before that was like a thing that people were all doing right right that kind of like puts the puts the princess like yeah in kind of a heroic role i love anyway, that it, they're How good cool. they're good okay i thought you'd like them as an adult and you said robin McKinley. robin mckinley okay yeah mm-hmm. which is also very high fantasy and very like rich and magical yeah um what about other mediums like I know you're a musician too so and you Mm -hmm. started dance as a little kid like what are all the things you were doing maybe like before you were 12 (laughs) right so dance was like maybe two or three years um and it was just you know a little academy and I did it with my sister too so she was in it as well and um we did different mostly tap dance a little ballet it was just a nice little um, foray into that (laughs) and I never I never did anything after that because I'm not a very physical person I'm not very confident in my body and and that but um yeah yeah but my my grandparents would take me to musicals all the time and um I loved art class I loved trying all the different sculpting and painting and things like that um and where are you in the I birth think. order? Like how many siblings? Oh, I'm the first of three. I'm also the yes. oldest, mm-hmm. but of four. Mm-hmm. We have things we have things in common. We do. Many things. <laughs> we have many things. I live six minutes yeah. from your house. Oh, like, really? We need to, we oh need to play gosh. more. <laughs> it's already hap- it's hap- it's this happening. This is the beginning of <laughs> A many. beautiful thing. I think so. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I, ho- I hope so. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so and so with the grandparents, like I, I'm trying to get an idea like how much this was like a Savannah specific thing and how much like it was just like everybody. Yeah. Um, they lived close to me, so they had obviously a big influence. 
Um, and then my dad, my biological father always lived out of state, okay. but he's a professional musician and okay. he always was encouraging and fostering this stuff. And cool. and my mom was always my cheerleader too. Awesome. So I just had a very supportive family setting what does your dad play um what's his career everything he does everything he does everything um his style is right now it's ska he's really he's got a ska band in montana cool and (laughs) yeah it's really fun um but yeah he plays everything drums vocal guitar uh he knows brass he works at that like oh go ahead yeah sorry he works at the local music store so he teaches as well cool do you think that that kind of like um like, did the family culture sort of understand that, like, the arts are, like, a real option for people? Um, yes. Probably everyone except my stepdad, who was a stockbroker, very straight-laced sure. kind of guy. Yeah. Um, he didn't really understand it, but he never, like, tried to tamp it down or anything like that, yeah. too. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I find that stuff so fascinating, like... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 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 like a com- I'm a complete broken record about it, but I haven't stopped being interested in it. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know, just the I think it's so weird in our culture. Like we we like art, like we we value famous artists, right? Um, made famous it. <laughs> filmmakers, f- famous musicians, famous authors, mm-hmm. and I think like it's so bizarre the way that our culture like reveres those people but like doesn't support creative children. It like delegitimizes. So weird. It's yeah. so weird. But I think the way that we explain it is like we we imagine collectively that it's like this weird Cinderella story where like if someone's destined for greatness, they'll they'll just find they'll it. Get like into it's it, yeah. kind of undeniable. Mm-hmm. And of course like that's bullshit. Yeah. Like you need support. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and not to say that there aren't, you know, successful artists who didn't have support, but I think most people would be surprised to realize that like most of the artists that they love who are famous and successful had a ton of support Yeah, as kids. Right. And maybe weren't an undeniable talent mm-hmm. right off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I could soapbox about it for truly yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that it's you had good. support <laughs> in all your things. So when did uh, you start playing music? Because I, I know you... I know you play music still, but what instrument did you start on? Or uh, We never had a piano in the house growing up, for which I'm very sad. Also, kind yeah. of shocking. <laughs> kind of shocking. Like, a, like an right? artsy, yeah. LDS family. I, I know. <laughs> uh, my mom wasn't really, like, she maybe took a few lessons, but, so that's probably it. Like, nobody else in the family, like, really had it. But mm. um, for me, it's a funny story, actually. I play trombone. Yeah. which is such a goofy instrument it's anyway. Instru- it's the but best it's brass. So fun. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so unique. And um, yeah, so around fourth grade, they start asking you, hey, think about what you want to play next year in fifth grade for the band. And and my dad or my stepdad was kind of a stickler about money and all this stuff. And so I, I was always afraid to ask yeah. for like extracurricular stuff. Supplies. I'm like, well grandma had a trombone sitting around at her house. I'll, I'll ask about that one. And it's I so, like resourceful. I, isn't it? <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's playing it. Yeah. So I might as well ask. And it was really beat up, but it still played just fine. So I call her and she's like, Oh, your dad has it. It was his in high school and his brothers. They all like played yeah. it. Wow. And the case was covered in skater stickers. Yeah. From just like, <laughs> 
crazy looking artwork and just funny yeah. sayings and all this stuff. And none of them were like inappropriate for school. Thank sure. goodness. But like a little edgy. <laughs> a little edgier. Like, yeah. Yeah. It looked crazy. It was awesome. That's and so funny. And I talked to my dad and he's like, you have my blessing, sweetie. I'll get, I'll get it to you. Just please don't take off the stickers. Cause I think they're the only thing holding that case together yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> from so the seventies. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do this. And, and yeah, so I played from fifth grade all the way through high school. So that's eight years. I got into jazz band, yeah. which was my favorite because the music is just so fun. Jazz just, is magical too. It's so magical. Jazz is like fantasy and music form. Mm-hmm. I think like I'm realizing this more and more as an adult, like yeah, jazz, jazz is like magical and fantastical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like yeah. romantic. Yeah. You know, you fall in love to it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a beautiful thing. There was a boy in the class. Of course I there liked. was. I totally yeah. fell in love in jazz class. <laughs> so when you started playing yeah. that trombone in fifth grade, were mm-hmm. you like, were you, did you feel like oh, I would have rather played, you know, the violin or the flute or did you feel like, yeah, trombone, of course. Yeah. It was just music was music and this was one avenue. I love to that. Get it was just it. like resilient and like there's a trombone around and yeah, of course I'll play trombone. Yeah. I learned That's to awesome. read the music and just bass clef. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn treble clef much <laughs> later in life, but, um, yeah, it was just like we were playing, you know, jingle bells at the Christmas concert and all yeah. that. But then being able to branch out and jazz band in junior high was yeah. such an epiphany, really. Totally. It was really cool. Tell me about that. Like, what did mm-hmm. it, I mean, ha, did your family listen to jazz at all or was it a new oh, entire no. genre? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what music my parents really listened to. Like my mom just had her like staples from her, you know, yeah. <laughs> growing up years. I th- it sounds like my, but, my, how how old are your parents? Are they like late fifties? Um, my mom is 60. She'll be 61 this year. Okay. And yeah, my dad your is parents 60. are just like a hair older than mine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, my, we had in my house growing up, there was also like, there was not a lot of variety of music. Yeah. We had Broadway soundtracks mm-hmm. and we had like, you know, some eighties rock and pop. Yeah. And that's like kind of what there was. Yeah. Yeah. There Which is like, it's funny. I, so this past weekend, um, the the bass player who I hire for my wedding band is also my boss at UVU. Oh, nice. Um, so <laughs> I'm always yeah. joking that like he's my boss during the week and then I'm his boss on the That's weekends. That's great. It's funny. <laughs> Trade it around. <laughs> yeah, but we had um we had a bunch of requests for like 80s 80s pop and rock this weekend. And mm-hmm. so I haven't been playing with David, the bass player, for that long. Mm-hmm. So I, he hadn't really heard me sing that stuff before. And he was like, you're like really good at that. And I was like, that's this is what I was raised on. Yeah. Like, I know it might not it's like look like you. I should like sing Axl Rose, but like, that's the thing that my voice like that's knows how so to do. Cool. <laughs> I want to hear that. Like, I, you have a recording. Like, I should be in like a cover band of like, that's so cool. I should. Yeah. Cause I, my voice is like bizarrely good at that. So, yeah. so weird. Nice. But yeah. So I also hadn't heard jazz until I was like 16. Mm. I don't know if I told you. I have a master's degree in jazz studies. Is that a thing that I like think you, you know talked about, me? about that when we first met? When we met, yeah, yeah. So that's like the the creative avenue that I like dug into as a young adult. Yeah. But what was that like for you? Like, um, I don't know, t- diving yeah. into like a whole new world of music as a teen it was amazing I bought like CDs of um 
like Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and just the classics. I was really into that classic swing and Dixieland is extra fun. If I could start a Dixieland band, I think I'd be happy. There are some good ones here in Utah, like Gypsy Jazz, like kind of older throwback. I'm sure, I'm sure you could find, there already are a bunch here. Nice. I'm sure need trombone players. Mm, yeah, I look into it. <laughs> yeah, so you really were you were you were like digging into that older stuff. Yeah, I got really into like '60s and '70s jazz. Oh, okay, like you know, kind of blue and forward. Yeah, like when the group started getting like smaller again. Mm-hmm. Um, post big band, I guess like post post big band, post bebop. Yeah. That's where I was like, that's where my favorite stuff nice. lives. Um. Okay. And so, okay. I know you're also, you do a lot of visual art now. Were you doing visual art as a child? Um, uh, yeah. I'm like trying to like recall specific pieces that I maybe did that like showed me that I could, you know, sure. maybe venture into that. And, um, Jurassic Park came out around 92. I was about eight yeah. years old. That was the first PG 13 movie my mom had ever yeah. let me see. And I was already into animals and stuff like that, but seeing like the dinosaurs on the screen in such a realistic way, like yeah. that was everything. To, you'll see I'm wearing a T-Rex yeah, necklace. It's really right cool. Now. I really like its tail especially. <laughs> yeah. And dinosaurs, I don't know what it was about them, but to me, they were beautiful Yeah, and I wanted to learn how to draw them. Cool. And I drew one for some project where you had to like, you had to make up your own animal. So I just like put a, a t-rex with like dragon wings <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah that like i don't know i thought it looked good at the time and i'm like i'm just gonna keep drawing dinosaurs yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was that was what i was doodling in the margins of my notes yeah. all through the rest of my educational and now you experience. do you make like co- a lot of costumes were you were you like creative with like your your clothing as a child? Or was that something that came later? Um, that came much later. I really had no fashion sense yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> I felt very. I felt like anti fashion sense. I think. Yeah. I, I felt like um, alternative. <laughs> no, I didn't even like. I felt. I just felt like. I was aware of the pressure that there was to like participate in fashion right and I just wanted to reject all of it yeah and it wasn't like an alternative it was just like I want to opt out of right. this this <laughs> stresses me out because right. I also like was not comfortable in my body and it not even just like a body image things but I felt very like Emily existed in like a brain <laughs> like I right. felt like I was like <laughs> myself was in my brain yeah and yeah like just I was very overwhelmed mm-hmm. by like having to clothe my body I feel the same way yeah. I think and we we shopped at the thrift store anyway so I was just like well this is a nice material and this looks good on me so yeah I didn't I didn't have any awareness I think of what other people were even wearing yeah. now that I think about it like I was just like it's clothes and it's modest and it fits and, yeah. and that was it oh, you know? I had so much <laughs> stress about it as a child like yeah but I think like my mother was really fashionable Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think she really really deeply wanted me to care about that right and it just felt like a minefield to me yeah for sure so I think I felt just very like 
like the pressure was just like I had so much anxiety about it that I just like didn't I chose to like just try to not think about it at all right. <laughs> it was stressful it's understandable it's stressful being a teenage girl yeah oh yeah I mean for real I feel like at the, <laughs> the time <most> stressful <laughs> like I don't think it's a coincidence that Mean Girls was made when like we were in high school right because I think it was like it was like a weirdly difficult time to be a teen mm-hmm. like it was before social media which I don't know Mm-hmm. maybe it's something but also like i feel like teenage girls are nicer to each other now i wouldn't know i am I, not really exposed to them that I much teach, i teach a lot of teenage girls and it's are they more understanding to me like i think like feminism kind of like took a little bit more of a hold yeah and they kind of like you know sisters before misters right a little bit more right but i don't know maybe uh that reminds me i was I was trying to watch Legally Blonde recently because I'm like, that was everyone's favorite movie for some reason. That's so funny. And and the more I watched it, the more I'm like, this is, this was made for men. Women like look at this and go, this is the cheesiest. I know. It was terrible. I couldn't, I couldn't finish. The, the Selma <laughs> Blair character is so unbelievable. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. And the, the like, the conflict between the two of them is also like, this would never happen like it this. It was painful. Yeah. I could not, I could not finish it. It's <laughs> so funny. So yes, thank goodness then that girls are I hope, I thinking think about better. each other's feelings a little more. I just... think like social media and like the, the unrealistic kind of beauty standards are mm. still really, really there. Mm-hmm. But also like a lot of teenage girls don't wear makeup at all anymore. Yeah. A lot of teenage girls don't wear a bra. Like you don't feel pressured. Uh, you I know, think it's getting better way. overall as much as like the, uh, as much as like, you know, Instagram perfection is like mm-hmm. a real problem. Right. I think like, I don't know, some pieces of it are getting better. I hope. I hope so. I really do. I, me too. Yeah. Um, it's like about time. <laughs> it is. So Absolutely. when you, so I love, I love talking to people who like, especially as teens, like had their hands in everything and yeah. for an adult to have their hands in everything too, which I think you do do still yes. <laughs> it's, there's nothing that I love more. So I'm curious, like, you know, in your teens and in your childhood, maybe like, I want to know, did you, how much was like creativity, like a part of your identity that you feel like you were like aware of? Um, it was, it was very forefront for me. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me how you felt about it or like what it meant to you. Yeah. It was a way to, um, bring stuff out of my head to be sometimes shareable. Sometimes it was just for me, like yeah. all the doodles in my notes, those are just for me, but, um, a way to express yourself and just like, cause when I bottle things up in my head, I get anxious totally, and so I have to express it some way. And that's why I have my hands in every medium now is just cause like yeah. there's so many cool ways to do that and, and yeah. not have to keep it all in. And yeah. Were you like aware that you were doing that as a kid or was it just kind of like, I'm doing these things then like kind of later you could sort of reflect on what it was doing for you? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Cause you're so busy as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really, or at least uh, we were, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining a lot about what your childhood was like based on just like the things that you've already said, um, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had, especially as the oldest, like a lot of pressure to be very high yeah, achieving. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt that way. 
as well, especially with my stepdad again, he was, he had very high expectations of everyone around them, (laughs) around him. And, um, that's eventually why my mom divorced him is because his expectations were just unrealistic and just micromanaging every little thing. And so my escapism to read books and Mm. then express myself in art, that was like my way of kind of coping and dealing with stress too. And were you getting yeah. like a lot of praise from adults and peers for your creative efforts? Um, certainly teachers at school teachers, yeah. and again with contests and things like that. Like I was yeah. doing pretty well. I got great grades growing up and, um, you know, some yeah, kids good. Like, I, totally, <laughs> yeah. you know, some kids like are real kind of like performative about their creativity. And I, I don't think it's a negative. I think it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, if, if adults were behaving the exact same way, it might be like, okay, yeah. but for a child, it's totally normal. Yeah. But like some kids are very like, they want everybody to know like that they're drawing these cool things and they kind of oh, want everybody mm-hmm. to know like, well, I'm, you know, I do whatever I do musicals or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And some kids are like doing all of those things, but it's like a yeah. little bit more private. Where do you feel like you were like on that oh, scale? Totally on like the private side. It was mostly for me. And cool. mostly for my own enjoyment. So your but, teachers kind of knew and like it wasn't something that your peers were like, oh, Savannah's like the girl that draws or like. I was I was the dinosaur girl. Okay. I would draw them. <laughs> we would act it out on the playground. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, we really did. We played dinosaurs on the playground. I had my own little group of friends and we had a mean girls group that would come tease us because they had nothing yeah. else to do. We're using our imaginations totally. and they're just coming over and. And like, I know this question is like, I just, I'm so curious about these things and like early identity. Mm -hmm. Did you remember feeling at that time, like worried that maybe like you were doing something kind of weird or did you just feel like, no, this is cool and screw that. Yeah. I I knew other people thought it as weird, but I found my people. I found my group and we were there together and we could express ourselves together and and it was great. So you have to find your people and that's always been true. Like... For every genre of what you're into, you know, it's really true. Yeah, I it's important. I really had a hard time with that kind of thing. My my parents were generally very unsupportive, and we moved we moved to a new school when I was like just starting fifth grade, right. which I think is like a rough time. It's to a move. hard time. Yeah, sure, it's a rough time to move. Yes, and then we moved we moved from like a lower income neighborhood mm-hmm. into like quite a bit more of an affluent neighborhood okay. and there was a lot of posturing yeah you know I can understand that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it, and you know like Arizona's like little California in that way like there's a oh, lot yeah. of plastic surgery at least in some neighborhoods mm-hmm. and a lot of there's just a lot of stuff going on so I get that yeah. yeah so as a young girl it's like I don't know and I think it probably also depends on like what your mother's like mm-hmm. But I've certainly felt a lot of pressure and like it did not jive with like my self-concept. Yeah, I um, totally understand. So yeah. moving into like moving into like high school, did mm-hmm. where how were you thinking about like maybe if you started thinking about what you maybe wanted to do in your career or mm-hmm. for college or whatever, were you considering creative things? If so, which ones? Right. Um, well, as a little girl paleontology and then (laughs) you know as we grow we learn uh you know paleontology uh, paleontology sorry is all about being in the hot desert and wiping sand (laughs) off of things and that doesn't sound so feeling later um 
I am trying to think, what did I want to do? Or maybe a, a better question is like, were you, did you feel like you were getting like serious about any of your creative endeavors? Like where they're maybe kind of moving out of something that's like cherished and kind of private and play and mm-hmm. into something that's like kind of feeling rigorous. Um, I wouldn't say anything really sticks out because band, I didn't even practice at home Good for I mean, band. <laughs> in many, in many, yeah. and I would say most ways I think that's best Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I didn't I didn't get into any one thing strongly I would say um I probably saw myself um oh at some point you know right before college you have to kind of think about oh gosh what am I going to do there yeah and I was like well I I had a sense a strong sense of saving the world (laughs) like I should do the most ideal thing and that's a very INFJ kind of concept. Do you know the Myers-Briggs I sure do. I'm an INTJ. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so an INFJ <laughs> is looking for the ideal in everything. And that can be very frustrating because yeah. sometimes there is no right answer, right? Sure. But I thought maybe biochemistry or some science that cool. would be like, I could help study sorry diseases and things like that yeah but as I got into the higher maths and failed them a couple times uh, that became a little out of reach for me so 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 that's what you started in your degree and when you were when you were starting college like did your relationship with your creative mediums like change what happened with them um let's see um, so I took my, I took my generals in Arizona at MCC okay. and I kind of explored a couple different things. I took like history of jazz and I don't know if I even did anything creative for my classes. I had to take chemistry. Chemistry was really cool. Or even just outside of college, like outside were you still college. reading? Were you still writing? Were you still drawing? I was still reading and stuff. Um, I think things really took off. <coughs> Sorry. Monday um, phlegm. I know, gross, right? I'm so gross. I, um, you're not. I always tell people, like, listen, you're a mammal. We're mammals. And we, we do get stuff. Flimmed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We Especially, the, the like, as out. a voice professional, I just feel very, like, of course you have phlegm. Yeah. Your body's working net normally. It's doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. Do you um, know your body? I heard, read this recently. I hope this isn't wrong. I did read it, but, you know, I didn't fact check. But your body produces, like, a liter of mucus a day. Oh, I, I can believe that. I definitely that, believe that. That feels to me like it's so gross. That's too much. It's so, it's so much if you really think about it. Uh, I'm glad though. I think it's good. Like keep my vocal cords lubricated. Keep yeah. my sinuses like nice and moist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep them, keep them going strong. I'm into it. Um, I, I forgot to mention in third grade, the dinosaur thing. Yeah. But then also Sailor Moon okay. was on TV. Okay. okay, That's like a huge other part of me. Yeah. So I have a picture on my Facebook of a Sailor Moon figure riding on a dinosaur figure. Amazing. Because I feel like that sums me up yeah. so well. I love the girly girl thing. And I also <laughs> love creatures and animals and things like Were that. Were you into other like Japanese animation? Um, I guess Pokemon was out at that time. Yeah. There were a couple big ones that were on like the WB. Did you watch? Uh, of course. Warner, yeah. WB 61. Yes. Right. <laughs> it feels so good that someone else knows that. 
It's such a great Arizona thing. I love that you have like this cactus thing on the wall so we can like really we can really remember our remember. like Arizona roots. Ugh, yes. shudder. Yes. And so the Sailor Moon was like so cool to me and cute and like it's all about friendship and like mm. believing in yourself and stuff. And the art style is just cool. Yeah. It just really struck me as different and unique. Yeah. And so I really started taking off on that path as well. Cool. Like and drawing it or drawing or, okay. it. Yeah. Drawing it and, um, just watching more shows like it, Yeah, I guess. Um, and I wasn't allowed to have video games growing we up. Didn't, I didn't either. So we we'd play stuff on other people's N64s yeah. or whatever they had. And so, um, finally in, uh, high school, they had a Japanese class Cool. And the teacher was like my Sunday school teacher's uncle who went on a mission to Japan. And, okay, okay. and I, you know, you come to class on the orientation night and he's like, so why do you want to take Japanese? And I'm like, cause I like anime, you know, I'm totally yeah. like otaku. And he's like, oh, there's so much more to Japan than anime. And he's just had this <laughs> exasperated look. And through him, I learned so much more about the culture and just yeah it's such a rich amazing country totally with so many facets and well I maybe this is like I mean kind of a leading question but I I'm always fascinated by the way that you know especially if you're raised in like a a monoculture right which I think we safely could say we both were Mm -hmm. these first introductions that we have to like anything different I think can be so like so just like mind blowing like not even just like eye-opening but like Mm -hmm. like paradigm shattering it was like a an alien planet like it really is like that about jazz like getting into jazz Mm -hmm. but i think it's partly because i was i was listening maybe to some more modern stuff right where like i can imagine older jazz feeling like a little bit different like just because Mm -hmm. it's old yeah it almost feels like like it, like it was real and it's not real anymore. Right. right. Um, which is maybe a little different than like, mm-hmm. so yeah. What was that like for your kind of broader, like, you know, worldview? Yeah. It, it really did open it up. And, um, whenever I went to visit my father, he always lived in some cool city cool. like San Francisco or LA yeah. or whatever. And we would always look for the Japan town cool. and then start shopping around and trying the food. I had my first sushi experience as a yeah. teenager and like, I almost threw up. I thought it was gross <laughs> at first and now I love it. And, um, yeah, it like really changed, um, how big the world was for yeah. me, you know, totally. cause I grew up pretty much my whole life in Gilbert quite and sheltered, quite yeah. sheltered. Yeah. Know? And so it was a beautiful thing. And, um, I'm trying to think of how else. Yeah, just like that whole art style of their video games and animation. And yeah. then I had a friend in high school who let me borrow his PS2 yeah. and play some games like Final Fantasy. And that completely blew my mind because they were doing cutting edge sure. 3D graphics. And uh, yeah. And then the final piece in the puzzle that brings me to now where I'm making costumes yeah, yeah. is uh, there is a local comic book store called Atomic Comics in okay, Mesa. Cool. Awesome. I don't know if you remember. I was not one. into anything <laughs> like that whatsoever. Yeah. I think I, my parents just would never have allowed it. Right. To, to be like, to oh. be honest, like oh, no. my, my parents, my parents were, um, like into creativity insofar as it was a feather in your cap. 
I see. Yeah. It was very, very kind of performative. Um, and my parents were super into popularity. Mm-hmm. And um, so any interests that I had that like weren't going to put me in that path were just like simply not allowed. Oh, no. I know. It's <laughs> it's rough. really crappy. I think about mm-hmm. it sometimes and think about like how cruel that is to like, yeah. like what you could wash a child's. What could have been if well, especially they had fostered like, it. I never had friends in high school. And I think, or I mean, I had like some friends in my ward, but right. it wasn't like they weren't friends based on interest. They were friends right. based on like, we can walk to each other's houses, mm-hmm. which I think is a different type of like long lasting maybe than friends who like, you feel like you have like a An emotional connection, mm-hmm. connection, like totally. a spiritual <laughs> totally. thing. And yeah. I think I just, I just genuinely was not a, permitted to explore those kinds of relationships because my parents were like, we don't hang out with those kinds of kids. Yeah. Which right. is so gross. Oh. And it, it, it still as I still as an adult, like I remember being a kid and like, or a, a, a teen mm-hmm. and like looking at like the goth kids or looking and just thinking like, like just wishing that I was like allowed oh. to be friends, like allowed to. Yeah. Cause they, they express themselves so strongly mm-hmm. and like the mainstream, I feel like you can't really do that. You kind of have to and nuance I your I expression. I didn't feel comfortable in that mainstream anyway. Right. So then I just felt like I was like a weird neutral and like, oh. yeah. But yeah, I think <laughs> I, rough. I think I would have been like, like, I remember I was thinking about this recently and I kind of thinking, I was looking on Facebook for this friend mm-hmm. to see if I could just like reconnect with him. But uh, I remember like the, the magic, the gathering club mm-hmm. was doing like a, murder mystery dinner oh fun. and there weren't enough girls in the magic the gathering club to like right. play all the characters right so i had this friend who was like my lab partner i think in like physics and he must have just like had an an, an inkling that i like would be into that kind of thing yeah <laughs> i'm not sure why which is why like oh yeah i, I like want to ask him like do you remember like he probably doesn't remember it but it was like important to me yeah but he invited me to go and i just remember thinking like I just remember feeling like so happy at the thing and also so sad. Like I can't join. Yeah. Isn't that dumb? That's really sad. It's so sad and so I'm stupid. So sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You're free now. I'm free now. <laughs> you are free. <laughs> but anyway, so that was like that you, you, you were kind of leaning in. There yeah. In the comic at shop. The, at the Atomic okay, Comics. Back. Atomic and Comics. So this same friend who lent me their PS2, he's like, they're having this event there and you can dress up as a character. You want to go with me as these characters awesome. from Naruto or something. I'd never seen the show. And he sent me like a CD of two episodes of this show. So I'd know who the character oh was. <laughs> and it was a really simple outfit. And all I had to do really was buy a dress from like DI and then alter it a bit. Yeah. And I had, I had sewn like, you know, two, two things in young women before. (laughs) So I was really new to sewing and I think I hand sewed the stuff on that one. Um, cause that, that's pretty simple to do, but I go there in this outfit and they had like karaoke and there was all these other kids dressed up and there was like a magical bonding moment. (laughs) I have found my people. (laughs) I love it so much. It was like Disneyland and they had them like every month after that they had these little events and it was basically a mini convention I had no idea conventions were a thing I that was pretty new back then right it it was pretty new I feel like it came out of nowhere in like the 
Mm-hmm. 20 teens yeah because there was no like specialty wig shops or online yeah, places yeah. you could get stuff for your costume so you had to be really crafty really, and yeah com- super resourceful you know, super resourceful which so, we know you are because of the trombone story <laughs> yeah Just thinking like, like what is in my grandparents basement mm-hmm, that i can use what have we got yeah you know? <laughs> cool and that was always my my mentality um and then I finally got a little job at the Joanne Fabrics yeah. during college. And then I knew what materials were available. Oh gosh, what a beautiful story. And that really took off after that. So I love it. It's great. Okay, I have like, I just want to know a little bit more about like how you were self-identifying in like your early adulthood. Mm-hmm. So you were majoring in biochemistry for, for how long? Um, for like half a second. Okay. Okay. Like a a year or something. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, MCC is just about generals. So get those over with, get accepted into BYU, which took a few tries because I failed calculus twice. I had a scholarship. (laughs) I lost it immediately because both my calculus teachers, I want to blame them (laughs) for their teaching style because I knew I was getting it mostly, Yeah, but there was just the way they were grading the test, which is yeah. brutal, you know? So I, I like, I took AP calculus my senior year and like got a five. So I know I'm like good at math, but the thing that I'll always say is like, I swear I was like really struggling at math or really good at math. Like every other year, totally depending on the teacher. Oh yeah. Like fully depending on the teacher. Yeah. Like it would be like, I'm not getting any of this. I don't understand anything. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, this is my best subject. Like it, yeah. it like flip-flopped every year. Isn't that, it makes such a difference. Which makes me think like, you you maybe can, you maybe can blame your teachers. Yes. Maybe. I don't know though. <laughs> yeah. Or you can blame like the public school. Right. Like. Machine. <laughs> learning. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work for everybody. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so during those, that kind of like late teens mm-hmm. transitioning into early adulthood, you were doing all of these creative things, but I'm getting the sense that maybe like you weren't kind of like identifying yourself as like an art person. Right. It was like, like it was, it was never different. going to be a career in that sense. Um, like why, like how were you thinking about it? I think, well, when I got to BYU, this is another thing that really irks me. Like yeah. <laughs> I get to BYU and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take these intro to film, intro to animation type classes. I was really interested in yeah. film at that time and they were both amazing classes. And then I'm like, okay, to get in the program, you have to basically audition and like send a portfolio in. I'm like, wait, I thought I was here to learn <laughs> how yeah. to do it. Yes. Uh, totally. You already have to have what? Yeah. Like that's true at a lot of schools, but it's extra true at BYU. It was like, it's so intimidating. And at that time the recession had hit pretty hard and my mom, um, she divorced my stepdad, um, my senior year of high school and she's awesome. She just like went, okay, I'm going to go get a certification in real estate. Cool. I'm just going to be a full-time mom. Yeah. She's amazing. Like she's an inspiration to me and she did get remarried, but, um, I'm like, I need, I need to make sure I have a career out of, out of college just in case. Yeah. And I didn't want to go into marriage and family therapy or anything like that. Cause I just, I didn't feel that would get me a job. Isn't it crazy how small yeah. the perspective is? I think about it so often. It makes me really sad to hear, you know, a lot of these women, they don't, it's not that they don't get a degree in something. Cause you can learn basically anything now without going to college for it. Yeah. But to think that you're not prepared for yeah. the real world if 
if you don't um or, yeah <laughs> learn or some just, skills so i think like one <laughs> of know? the things that i'm that i'm like finding really interesting about your story and i'm struggling to like think of how to ask this question but i think i know so one yeah. one of the things that i think like one of the one of my favorite topics to talk about with creatives is like this idea of kind of like permission or ownership like mm-hmm. how do you summon the energy or the courage or whatever to just like start making things to just do things and i think especially yeah. during those years like late teens early 20s a lot of people stop feeling like they have permission to do those things because right they feel like you know if i'm not like i'm not taking this you know as seriously as like the people like i'm not majoring in it Right. Um, I don't have a coach. I'm not like practicing all the time. So mm-hmm. like, this is no longer a thing I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm right. loving hearing that, like, even though you weren't, you know, focusing on these things as a major, you're just like, I'm going to take these classes. Like mm-hmm. how, how, what was your mindset? Like that, like, let you have, like, let you make those choices. Um, it was like, uh, again, with my mom, divorcing and just being like on her own for really the first time um and being very practical about it like Mm. she was she was always willing to fix stuff at home like she she wasn't like about hiring someone unless she absolutely had to and so for me that was like a really powerful thing that a woman you know it doesn't have to be married or dependent on someone else and that you should be thinking about that like having a way to provide for yourself just in case, you know? And so, um, and this probably falls a lot on how my dad, uh, kind of went through his life where music was always a thing for him, but it left him really vulnerable economically, Yeah, yeah. like pretty much all the time. And that was a a hard thing to witness that struggle. You know, he didn't always have what he needed and stuff um so just so i understand like when you were when you were taking up when you were signing up for intro to film and taking intro to animation Mm -hmm. you weren't thinking of those things as like career things Um, right i I was a little bit i was considering it okay at that time all of this like yeah i was about it i was considering it until they told us the program was going to be like try out (laughs) to get in. Okay. And that really like sent me into this new mindset of, okay, I need to rethink what I'm going to do with the last two years of college to actually major. And, you know, and, um, somebody brought up the advertising program Mm. and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense to do that because there's a creative side. It touches everything. And it touches everything. You can be on the, so (laughs) there was this thing to like an orientation for it. And, um, this lady went around, she like asked everybody, are you going to be on the creative track or like the statistical analog? Yeah. Yeah, The business track of it. She goes around and everyone has an answer. And I'm like, I think I would, I would love both. I mean, they're both fascinating to me, all doing surveys and learning how people think and yeah. then going about the creative side. And she laughed at me Why? in front of the whole class. Like, uh, you can't uh. do both. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, you can't do both. I'm like, <laughs> Why? well, how do you think so little of yourselves or me to think <laughs> you can't? Yeah, but again, you know? how did you have like, what did it feel like? I mean, so when I hear you say this, I think like if I had been flip flopped with you, like in the same, I would have just. I never would have had like the chutzpah, I think at that time to be like, okay, we're weirdos. Of course I can do both. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like, I think for like, 
you know, if you had advice for someone who was like, like, I think I'm wondering if you have advice for someone who is, is presented with the same decision, but doesn't have just naturally this kind of like, uh, I'm going to do both that you, you had. Like, how, how do you think of it? Right. Um, like, where well, did that confidence come from? You can, you can find so many people, especially Instagram. I, I kind of love it. You can find people building their own brands of, yeah. of their creative items that they're selling and they can tell a story with it and create this whole brand around it. If you know how to do that, you can do both, you know, you can yeah. do your everything from your own, you know, uh, realm, yeah. <laughs> your home or whatever. Do you feel like you just have like a, like a natural understanding that like there's variety and that like people are capable Yes. And that's just like, that's just like, is yours. Yes. Just like has always been like that. Yeah. If you want something like no one can tell, you no. And especially as I get older, it's, it's really awesome to just be like, I'm going to do this, you know? Well, I (laughs) think I have that now, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. Cause like, I I think probably at this point in our lives, we have similar outlooks on that kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't, I didn't know that when I was younger, I feel like Mm -hmm. I just like learned it on accident by just like, yeah continuing to kind of do like to continuing to kind of do things yeah and then kind of realizing in retrospect like oh this was always this was always an option like but I kind of have been like a bit roundabout yeah but that's I love that that's like such an amazing thing to just like I don't know I also I live in my own head and that's probably where it comes from maybe a false sense of like confidence sometimes sure sure you know and then when you get out there and talk to people yeah but I think it's good to start out with that and then learn learn what you don't know yeah I think you're right because like if you if you get started you'll figure out the things you need to know Mm -hmm. but if you never get started yeah I mean you don't know what you don't know exactly so I I think that's I think that's great advice and I'm always trying to think of how to like encourage people to just just do things like what is the risk yeah what is the risk there there can be financial risk sure I've I've seen that firsthand and I've been very blessed to never really have that problem I got a job like right out of high school at Albertsons cooking chicken and cutting daily meat and stuff but um you know it might have to be a side hustle at times until you figured out what be resourceful about it like this one thing I think about a lot there's always an entry point like as as big as the you know elephant is that you're thinking about eating Mm -hmm. like there's gonna be there's gonna be a risk-free entry point yeah there's gonna be somewhere you can begin Mm -hmm. that that isn't gonna cost a lot of money that isn't gonna like that it's not gonna require you to like uproot your entire life absolutely um Yeah. yeah Absolutely. But a lot of people don't know how to take that first step. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to take the first bite. Right. <laughs> of the elephant. We're, we're really lucky now with the internet too. Cause like when we were younger, things were just getting started with that and the resources and that's the true. tutorials and stuff. That's, that's where I learned everything now knowledge is on YouTube. Was, knowledge was you hard know? to come by back then. Mm-hmm. Like I Very totally hard. agree with you. Like just know how was like almost like random. Like, yeah. Does the school that you go to have this? Right. Does, like, do you have an uncle that, like, knows someone who knows this exactly. thing? Exactly. <laughs> My husband and I were just talking about it the other day, and he's like, 
you had to like maybe look them up in the phone book and call them and hope that they would talk to you about whatever it was. Totally. <laughs> like you had to be resourceful so in a totally hard. different kind of way. Mm-hmm. You had to like really want things. You had to dig deep. It's yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But we figure it out, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. I think so. If you're driven, you know. Creativity is resilient and it, it finds it finds a way. Mm-hmm. Life finds a way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so does creativity. Yes. So absolutely. what happened? So you finished your advertising degree or mm-hmm. like, tell me kind of like how you started picking up more of your, like your mediums again. Yeah. Um, and I had to try out for advertising too. That's the <laughs> kicker. Luckily I got in, you had to write an essay wow. and you had to make a commercial about yourself. Wow. And my dad helped me make it Cool. and it turned out really cute. It was like, all That's about great. my crazy, you know, animation ideals. And I don't know, it was really nerdy and they accepted it. So you had a vision. That's I great. had a vision. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in college, they had uh, this club called the Quark Club that was just for people like me. And I get, I got to make the flyers for it. So I got on the committee somehow. I don't know cool. <laughs> quite how I don't remember. Probably cause you were just like bright and shiny and I so just, excited about it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm excited. I'll draw the the pictures and stuff. So court club helped me keep that side of me that was into those things and helped me meet people. I actually met my cousin or my husband's cousin cool. <laughs> through a Japanese class too. And, um, uh, trying to think what else I did do. I would go to conventions, um, out of state. I went to like wow. the ones in California and Arizona. So I would actually cool. like fly down for a weekend just to like that. go be with my anime people. And that's great. It was fantastic. I mean, it really yeah. is like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of self-advocacy. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of self-advocacy is a bit rare for like women Do you think? at BYU at that time. Yeah. Was it not? I mean, I didn't go there. So I, I taught at BYU for four years. Yeah. I went to BYU for one year before I went to the University of North Texas where I got my degrees and then I taught there for four years. Mm -hmm. So my, it's not like I haven't been around at all, but yeah, maybe my understanding is wrong. I, I don't know. I think the people I associated with in my ward were all kind of quirky too. And so we would invite each other out to do stuff. I got into like a Scandinavian choir at one point because one of the kids um, in our ward was majoring in, like classical music and he was running a Scandinavian choir on the side. Awesome. So yeah, you it was found just, a lot of vibrancy. I am so grateful for the people around me that we would all support each other like that. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, that's, awesome. it, that's it. If you have yeah. that, you have the world cause you can network each other to the right totally. opportunities. So what happened when you graduated? Like, how do you go from like then to like what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, So I got a job in like digital marketing and was using my degree and I got married and my husband is like nerdy too. So, so he would encourage the nerdy side. We would play video games together and he would be my guinea pig trying things on and I would get excited about new costumes I was going to make. And he was very supportive of that. Um, I kind of took over a whole room of my mother-in-law's basement for just like awesome. materials and stuff. And then somehow I found an opportunity to make a mascot costume for a local video game company cool. called Ninja Bee. 
And it's literally a bee with a ninja mask on. Like that's their mascot. Cool. Um, I think I was asking about employment opportunities. Mm -hmm. And while I wasn't a right fit for like employment, I'm like, hey, but I make costumes. Would you like a mascot (laughs) for your convention appearances and stuff? Cool. And they did. And they paid me and I made it. And that was like your first paid gig. That was like a paid, yeah, my first paid gig. Awesome. And then more recently- I don't know. Do you call it a gig? A gig. It's <laughs> uh, a performance word. Paid service. Paid of some commission. Sort. Commission. Yes. Just thank something. you. Yeah. It is. It's a commission. Yeah. Um, so I was always, I was always still making costumes. That was like kind of the big thing. I was a costume maker and a toy collector. I'd collect things for my favorite shows and buy and sell them. And cool. <laughs> just on the side, just for fun. Yeah. And then I had, babies and that slowed me way down but I still had that drive it's always been intrinsic to me it's like I get really again I get anxious if those ideas just sit there and I'm not expressing them out outwardly and even if I don't finish something I still feel fulfilled by the act of getting it out of my brain you know what I mean do you have like I I love this idea so much um again, like I'll get on once I'll get on one so often about like the creative act just being valuable, like period, yeah. like doesn't matter if you're getting paid for it. I mean, if you, if you're making something for someone, you should be getting paid well for it. Right. But like, that's not the point necessarily. No. Um, and like, not like, I totally feel the same as you about whether, whether something's all the way finished. Yeah. Like, you you follow the feeling mm-hmm. as far as you need to yeah to like get that thing that you're looking for exactly and sometimes that means like you just do a sketch and yeah. sometimes that means like it's all the way out and it's finished right and it depends entirely on the motivation levels and like whether or not a new idea sparks you more which that happens to me constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> always new mm-hmm. things in the shower just like oh my gosh I could do this. <laughs> and then I quit whatever I was working on before. Totally. So I have a string of just unfinished projects. Partly finished projects. But yeah. <laughs> they make a beautiful mosaic well, of just expression. And- I also feel like sometimes you like, it's a sign that you pursue that project like to a certain amount. It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're learning like for me, cause I do things like this sometimes. Like I'm not, I, I the way that it will happen to me is like almost like functional crafts like if I need to make like a like the the types of things that I'll do this with will be like if I need to make like a backdrop for my students recitals right or like you know I'll get some kind of an idea of like and it's almost like I'm learning just what I need to about like how this material works or like how to source this kind of thing or like you know (laughs) and then if I get bored with it it's almost like it's a sign but then like I find that I'll always like I'll pick up that thread somewhere else. Right. Even uh-huh. if it's not the same project. That skill that you've learned will compound on totally. other things. Totally. Yeah. Like so you didn't finish the initial project, <laughs> but you use like some of those materials like yeah. on something else or something. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're leveling up, you're building up those, you know, totally. <laughs> that knowledge base. Do you have so. like philosophical ideas or thoughts about like this kind of stuff and why it matters? Oh, about okay art? if you don't, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, what deep... do you want to talk about with it? Like, um, what are the things that you'll get on one about it? Um, let's see. I don't have to put you on the spot no, like that. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's interesting. I went through a huge life transition from Mormonism to trying to follow your own compass. And like in Mormonism, art has a lot of functionality. I heard you talk about this with um, uh, Inez. What was his name? Jose? No. Wait, what does he do? What does the person Uh, do? Singer. Ryan Innes. I, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Innes. I was just listening to that well, podcast first this name, morning. I was like, it sounds like a Hispanic name. And I'm like trying to think like, who have I interviewed? Ryan that, but no, Ryan Innes. Yeah. It's Scottish. Yeah. And you guys, you guys were talking about the same thing about um, like religious versus not and like how the functionality of creativity comes into play. Yeah. And um, it's true that um, like my mother-in-law, she makes cards for her ward and posters. They all go to her because they know she loves to do like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so the music and part of it was really great for fostering that creativity as well. Yeah. But, and that sense of purpose, like God put me here to do this art stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel. Yeah. I feel spiritually inclined towards art. And now... <laughs> It's still like a spiritual, almost a spiritual thing. Yeah. I'm not spiritual anymore in the way I used to be, but it still feels like if if I were to have a purpose on this earth, then making things is definitely yeah. what I'm here to do because I just, I am inclined toward it. I can't move away sure. from it. Sometimes I'll try to, to like be more normal. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, stop yeah. being so weird. And then I just like a weird harder. Yeah. <laughs> Just weird harder. So you, and that's where you, I come back to. You did used to feel that like God put you on the earth to do this art stuff. Yeah, because you're you're given that um, you know, when you're sixteen, that uh patriarchal blessing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he put you here with this purpose and this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I felt that very strongly. Like if he gave me these talents, then that's what so I should be did doing. You, did you feel like you should like major in those things? Like did did you struggle with that decision? Um, it, that. it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to choose that major and like finalize that idea that this yeah. is what I was going to do. Advertising, you know, doesn't, it doesn't really strike anybody as like the top creative thing to do. Well, and I was wondering but, before if like you ever like, cause again, I'm <coughs> so interested in these identity things. Like if majoring in advertising, if you were, if you ever felt defensive, like, but I'm a creative <laughs> or if you just felt like your identity was just strong enough that you didn't need to defend yourself. Yeah. Identity is such an interesting thing, isn't it? It it is. (laughs) And I think I'm interested in it because like, I don't know. Like I, I feel so underbaked. Like I'm 33. No, I think it's good. I I mean, I think if you feel fully baked at 33, something's probably wrong. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's always, even at 60, there's totally be new stuff that you're going to be into. And I totally agree. So. And and because of that, I feel very like, I feel very curious about like, what, like, what, where am I headed? Like, right. What's it doesn't, next? it doesn't feel like a negative to me. It feels very like exciting. Sparkly. Yes. Yeah. Very sparkly. <laughs> but I, I, but I'm, I'm interested in identity because I think like, I'm very, so like, I also love my Myers-Briggs results mm-hmm. and yeah. feel like when I read my Myers-Briggs results felt like, yes, of course. Yeah. This feels very right. It feels right. Yeah. It does. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and so and that makes me think like there are some things about my identity that are like fixed. Right. That are like, you know, mm-hmm. longstanding. And so many other things that I think are just like, try yeah. this on, take it off. 
right? What else will there be? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think creativity inter intersects with that in an interesting way. So, so here's what I'm thinking of for that, because I want to, I want to start a brand. Like when my kids are in school full time, which starts next year after eight years, (laughs) eight long years of waiting for enough time to actually focus on it. Um, and that was, it's such a tough thing. Like if I start a brand, am I going to have to stay with that and just revolve around that and Mm. like create an identity off that? Am I going to be able to branch out within that identity? Um, yeah. And that was so hard because I know myself and I know I jump around. I'm thinking about the same stuff. Constantly. Yeah. What do you, what, like, what, what do you think? Yeah. So I, I try to think about, okay, what do you always come back to? Cause there are things that you always come back to. And for me, I know I don't do abstract art that just has never been natural to me. I don't mm-hmm. get it at mm-hmm. all. I have to have a subject of some kind. I have to have a person or a creature or something happening that's very concrete and easy to understand sure. visually. So that was a nice thing to realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um that's awesome. And then that's I very, thought like cogent. Yeah. And yeah. and I was starting to get into the idea of um jewelry and accessories and things like that and I'm like I don't want to pin myself to a certain thing within that realm. So I came up with three things and just limit it to three things because if you keep going then your brand isn't going to be cohesive at all yeah so as a as a child my nickname was vanna and only close people like really close family members and a few of my friends called me vanna and i wanted to branch off of that like that young youthful identity that i have and i love the idea of using v's yeah, uh, repeating yeah. Um, like motif, I guess. So I came up with three words. Let's start with V that describe me and could describe different product lines. Yeah, um, and they cover a lot of ground, I think. So the first one is voracious. Voracious means hungry, and I am. I'm always hungry for new love that. ideas and things like that. And it also has to do with the animal world, right? Right. <laughs> it's a wild place. Like there's it's crazy a dinosaur things. word. Yeah. Yeah. Voracious. Or like a predator word or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's fierce. It's like um, really exciting. And then vivacious, which is lively, fun. Um, and when I looked up the meaning, it said pertaining to a woman. It often describes a woman who's cool. bubbly and, you know, cool. lively and stuff like that. So vivacious. And then the third one is voluptuous. Love. And now that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm outside the kind of the Mormon, very <laughs> uh, limited mindset. I'm with you, girl. I understand. Of, of being, I don't know, comfortable with your body, comfortable with expressing things that are more I don't want to say scandalous but like in that territory it's just like embodied like yeah or or like yeah I mean it's like it can also mean showy or luxurious it kind of covers a double meaning there yeah um and if you think of you know the animal world they're always like showing off like hey come on over like what makes it attractive what makes you attractive and what draws people to you mm-hmm. and makes you shiny to people and <laughs> yeah. I love that you're thinking about this like this like what a beautiful like it's like already visual like just thinking about the v's like mm-hmm. it's auditory too but like I don't know like this kind of like thematic exploration that kind of like this is what I'm talking about 
this thought process you've gone through is so like rich, but Mm -hmm. also costs you nothing like to have just had this idea. Right. Um, this is like a perfect example of like what I would consider to be like really high level, deep emotional investment creativity. Yeah. That like asks, asks nothing of, of your time, you know, in a tangible way yet. But like, it's just groundwork. I I'm wish more people would give themselves permission to like, cause the way that you're talking about this is really similar to like how I'll start thinking about a new album. Yeah. Like before I'm doing anything, it's like, like a I'm thinking theme. about these words. Yeah. Just like feeling like these, like picturing the colors, like, yeah. you know, just starting to kind of like have a little, a little vision. And then that like moves you to the next thing. Like yeah. it's, mo- it's like self-motivating. Yeah. Like the world, you talked about world building with your album and how you're doing something like really unique, really cool with that. And it is, it's like, it's like you're establishing the terrain and then you're going to put trees in and you're going to put buildings over here. Yes. You're going to build a world out of that. In your brain, in your brand. And this, and this kind of thinking can apply to anything. Yeah. I, it's, if there's one thing that I like as a teacher want to impart onto my students is like how readily available this kind of stuff is yeah like it's just it take it just takes all it takes is like your imagination Mm -hmm. your kind of sparkly individuality yeah the end period the end um and then like you know it's just like little tiny bits after that like Mm -hmm. once you have this idea like you're just gonna be like well i i want a logo like, cause yes. it's like already there. Like, right. You like need to see it. And or I've like, already come up with a logo. Right. I'm yeah. really excited. I'm not surprised <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. Like it feels very obvious to me. Like you're thinking of these things and then it's like, well, now that this is so like developed in my mind, like there needs to be something tangible. Yeah. And like these things where I think a lot of people might feel like, oh, well, like they might think of it backward. Like you need to have a product and then you build a brand. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, you are the brand. Right. We want to see you and your facets and Or like whatever it is. Like yeah. you could apply the same thing to like writing a play or writing a book or you know, a screenplay, you know, whatever. It doesn't yeah. even have to be writing. I'm like, do I'm it like for yourself it, first. Yeah. Always do it for yourself first. Yeah. That's that's what art is to me. It's like Do you like go ahead? You know, that's okay. I had nothing else. <laughs> do you do you like identify yourself as an artist? I do, yeah. Definitely. Do you feel like you always have, or do you feel like you had to like, um, learn that that's like the right way to identify yourself? Yeah, no, I've always felt it, um, just cause I have that strong drive yeah. for it. And when I meet people who are not, it's a very clear distinction to me. Yeah. Like I'll ask them, I-, I like to get to the bottom of people as soon as I meet them. Yeah, <laughs> That's too. an INFG thing yeah, and yeah. probably INTJ, but, yeah. um, it's like, what's your passion? Yeah, Because yeah. I have a million. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and talk to me about your passion. And when people draw a blank, I just, I feel sorry for them. Like, I don't want to say that, but like, I do. Because yeah, I, yeah. I feel it so strongly and it makes me happy every day to to think about my passions. and. Yes, it's like know. enough. It's like self-sustaining. It is. It I is. feel that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also like, I love asking people like, what are you excited about lately? And I feel the same way when yeah. people are like, uh, I'm just like, why are you so boring? Why don't you have anything? <laughs> yeah. Although it's like, I do think some people are just like, they don't, 
they don't trust you well enough to maybe they answer maybe it. Don't, or maybe they Some just people. really like the day to day things that they're doing. And I don't, I, suppose. I don't relate to that. <laughs> you and I are the type of people that don't relate yeah, to that. Yeah. And we have to accept that answer. And it's hard for me to like, I want to imagine what their life is like. And it's hard for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, actually, I've never thought quite about this before. You're like making me think about it in a different <laughs> way. But one thing I talk about in the podcast all the time is like, I feel really passionate about the way that like creativity as it pertains to creating things which might be you know products or or um tangible things or it might be music or it might be you know whatever yeah. a book you know anything um but the way that this kind of creativity that's more like fine arts creativity mm-hmm. um it paves the way for like social creativity for you know problem solving creativity Sure. And it doesn't have to be like, it's a chicken or the egg, but I, as much as it's like, yeah, maybe some people like don't have anything to be excited about. (laughs) Sometimes I also think like, no, you need to, like, I feel almost like a bit like moral about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like to me, it's like, that's what sets us apart as creatures (laughs) from the other creatures is we have this drive to solve problems and be creative and yeah and, and collaborate it, and I don't think people need to make things like if you don't want to make no. things fine but like I do kind of think people need to be creative yeah I think I, I think I do think that and I, I think I do feel a little bit moral about it right that's my J it's showing soul, through it's right? soul affirming that's my I, that's my <laughs> INTJ like, there yes. is like I feel a bit of judgment this needs to happen about whether people are creative mm-hmm. but like to be very clear like to me the creativity feels like this soft skill like you don't yes. need the hard skills to match no no and it, people like you know they'll always say I can only draw stick figures and it's like that's okay. No one's expecting you to be good at it. The part that's exciting is like what's happening in your brain. Mm -hmm. I think the part that's exciting to me is like, what's going on in your brain? Like what's lighting you up? Exactly. What are you thinking about? Like, have you had any perspective shifts lately? Yeah. And like, if someone asked me that and like, if the answer is no, I'm depressed. Like if I Uh haven't had a perspective shift lately, I'm depressed. I get you. Yeah. Like I, I'm cause when you told this story about like, um, taking the Japanese class and like learning other things. I think Mm -hmm. like the first time in my life I had that feeling of like, Mm -hmm. there's this whole thing that I've never, I don't know anything about. Yeah. It was so thrilling and also struck me with such fear. Like what else am I missing? (laughs) Right. What? Like if I've never heard of this and I'm 16, like what else am I missing? Right. And I just assumed from that day forward, like, Mm-hmm. I'm missing so many things. Oh no. Which <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's good though. It's cause again, it's like, um, it opens it up for you. Cause it makes me have this feeling like if I haven't like, if my brain hasn't been like a little blown mm-hmm. in the last like month or so, I am not what I'm worried that I'm like wasting time. Like I completely <laughs> understand cool things. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And that's the part that I think to me feels like if you're not excited in, about anything, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. You only have so much of it. And there's a lot. There's a lot you could be learning about or, you know. Yeah. Or so. just like, you're not excited about like your neighbor 
or like there's no one in your life that you're like, oh, I want to get to the bottom of, I don't know. It just feels yeah. very like, <laughs> what, what are you doing then? <laughs> it feels kind of like that to me. Yeah, <laughs> you get, completely. You get it. I completely get it. <laughs> how do you like, what do you, how do you handle these kinds of things as a mom? Like how, how are you like teaching your kids to like think about the world? And oh yeah. Um, my first son, he's not as creatively inclined at the moment he does have sometimes a a spark of something and and I'll really encourage it like (laughs) every time he expresses it but my second son definitely sees the possibilities when he sees me work on stuff and he'll watch his favorite show he'll be like mom can you make that for me and it's almost like every week like mom I need you to make this (laughs) for me I need the plushie of this and I need a figure of this and I can do it and he knows that yeah (laughs) so the pressure's on and I think that's a really good um clue that he's going to be that same way like I could make that you know totally. <laughs> so it's really exciting that's very exciting <laughs> yeah. yeah that's super exciting so that's been really cool and just like I feel I feel time so differently now you know like every minute is so precious and when they tell you like sleep when baby sleeps I couldn't sleep I'm like I could be doing anything yeah. besides sleeping right now yeah. and so just always like um, being super aware of when I have a spare moment to get something out creatively. Um, and just, it's just makes me grateful now for all yeah. the time I had before That's <laughs> the kids, because it really helped me to build up a lot of skills that I can then revisit. Let's later. talk about your skills now. So mm-hmm. you, it's clear to me just like in the little that I've like known you and like spied on your Instagram mm-hmm. that you are not scared of new mediums and not you're not all. scared of new, like developing new skills. No. I would love to hear you just like reflect on, like you can, you can like tell specific stories about like a new medium that you worked with, or you can also talk generally about like what it feels like to be fearless about new newness, whatever you want. <laughs> um, or both. Yeah. I love both. For me, new mediums often mean, spending some money on some new tools or materials <laughs> and Do you want to give the listener like an idea of like how deep you're going. Yeah. With like, my, with the mediums that yes. I've done. Okay. Um, so with costuming, it covers just about every medium you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And as much as you want or as little as you want, you could literally paint your costume on your body <laughs> with body paint, or you can sculpt the whole thing, or you could do a mix of, both um there's people who are like all the way into it they're putting leds and like programmable things robotics i mean it's endless it's endless and it's it's so inspiring to see other people and what they can do and like molding and casting that opens up a whole new world of materials you can use what are some um, of the materials that you that you like use a lot um, well, we got into 3d printing. Okay. So plastics, I'm learning a little bit about how to make my own prototypes in the computer and then print them out. Cool. Um, fabric, obviously I have a shelf full of just beautiful, fun fabrics, yeah. <laughs> shiny and everything. Um, 
Oh gosh. What are these have... things that you've been working on lately? You're like, you're, you're like carving. Like carving. Um, yeah. How, what? Foam. Yes. Yeah. I've worked with foam a lot. So there's different types of foam. Some of them can be shaped. Oh, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> with like a heat gun to look like armor. The way you paint it cool. can make it look like metal. You can make it look like a totally different medium. Um, and then the foam I was carving the other day is upholstery foam. It's cool. just, there's open cell foam and there's closed cell yeah. foam. So upholstery foam's nice because it's soft, it's huggable, um, material sticks to it really well. Um, awesome. And it's really versatile. I love the, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't even know the word, but like, I'm like, um, get feeling like energetic yeah. about the idea. Like buzzy. Yes, totally. <laughs> I like buzzy. Yes. <laughs> I get buzzy. Like just thinking about the like two dimensional to three dimensional, like constant back and forth of like what you're doing. Yes. Like that absolutely. feels so fun. Yeah. Taking, you have to find every angle of something and yeah. sometimes you have to be inventive if you can't see the back of something. Yeah. Just like add your own touch on it. Yeah. Or like, like you told me when we met, we went to a party. Yeah, us two little introverts. My first party in a long Dude, time. My first party of like the, <laughs> the a last decade. decade. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even kidding you. I was oh, so yeah. deeply out of my element. Like the party just for us, and not you know like oh it's a ward function or like a family reunion <laughs> or something. We went to like a normal people party. Yeah, it was really nice. It was really nice, but I was scared. But it was really nice. But yes. yeah, you told me you told me this that you needed to make these costumes and you hadn't seen the back of the character and you like hired a, an illustrator to like draw the back. Yeah. Which is so resourceful also. Yeah. I know someone, she's an illustrator and she does insane dragon drawings and like I can sort of, I've lost a lot of my drawing ability actually, but cause you're a sculptor now. I'm a sculptor now, I guess. And, um, I just, I trust her completely and I yeah. knew that she loved these characters as much as I do and would yeah. do them justice and it was completely worth it to commission her to I collaborate, that collaborate so that way. so much. Like mm -hmm. you hired another artist to help you like make the art that you're going to make. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it that just feels so like, don't you think Synergy. like a lot of people would just like stop as soon as they're like, I don't know what the back looks I can't. like. Yeah. <laughs> Can't right. Do I, I don't know. It just feels so like this is not a problem. Mm -hmm. We can solve this. Yeah. And we can. Together. And when and as we're solving it, we're going to involve like our other friend who's a badass. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It just like yeah. feels like Bring so them in. <laughs> feels buzzy. Yeah. It's like uh, delicious. It is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it feels really good. Yeah. You, you've got to constantly keep up that that networking in your in your craft and in your medium and stuff. Mm -hmm. So also like yeah. talking to other creative people there's nothing better. I agree. <laughs> Which is why I have this podcast. It's so beautiful. I can't believe the number of episodes that you've done. How, like, when did you start doing um, this? I started it right when I stopped teaching at BYU. Cause it was, it was my own creative way to get me out of the depression that that caused. What, what was the year? It was 2019, I think. Oh, so not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Not that long. And you do I mean, one like every week or every other, every week. That's yeah. Incredible. So I think it was 2019. I started in March. Listen, time has gotten fuzzy, fuzzy. since the pandemic started. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> it could have been 2018. I genuinely, I'm not sure, but around then well, I've did, it's yeah. been two, two and a half years. So 2018, right? Yeah. 
that sounds <laughs> close enough i'm coming up on three yeah, yeah. Okay. but it's but it's gotten you through obviously a tough time yeah. for everyone and yes that's so cool i want to listen to more episodes <laughs> i really like it and to me it just feels like it almost is like just a little hack like i want to have these conversations with creative people but yeah. everyone's so busy that if it's just like let's get yeah. lunch we won't do oh, it yeah but if it's I like come you. on my podcast and people are like okay yeah <laughs> I'll talk um, about me. Sure. But I also like I my intention before the pandemic started was to start like I have friends from college scattered all over the country. So my plan was to start just like using the podcast as like an excuse to like just go visit yeah. other places and like Makes meet sense. cool creatives um yeah. and like hang out with hang out with old friends and then also just like let me find like let me find an author who lives in Columbus you yeah. know, or whatever. So, so cool. I think I'll still do that, but it's just like, I don't know. It still a little feels a little sketchy because oh. <laughs> of the pandemic. Like yeah. I still feel a little You're not bit sure like, if they'll yeah. be open to it or. Yeah. Well, know. and also just like traveling. I get anxious about traveling when there's not a pandemic i understand yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you so just I, never know what you're gonna encounter or have to I, go through totally so I, I i think i'll dig back into this like maybe this coming summer um 2021 mm-hmm. i say this coming summer as we're like truly not even technically almost till done. fall yet <laughs> <laughs> almost done i, I don't know how to feel morning, about the it first day of fall is wednesday this week okay yeah um, that makes sense it totally feels like it it really does the weather said yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> well, I was driving through northern Montana yesterday, um, west Yellowstone, and kind of coming down, and boy, was it ever fall up there. Really? Did and they already have the colors? The ground. There were colors. Wow. Not that many yet. Like, still, like, most of the stuff is green, but, like... You're getting that feeling of I the warm colors. I was really getting a feeling. Colors. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, all That's the, like, cool. like, driving past, like, a river, and there's, like yellow and purple and red and orange oh, and pretty. then also like some snow on the ground yeah like there, it was a little rainy and oh, it was <laughs> it was below 30 and there was little snow no and way. i felt like oh boy yeah they get their winters early and like really hard up there. my dad had a, a bit a of adjustment period yeah, really <laughs> yeah. yeah what city does he live in now? um he's in uh east helena okay east but like that, yeah. he grew up in mesa and went to provo and LA and then he lived in Boston for a while which is it's like own planet yeah yeah (laughs) of cold I love it Uh, I feel like just being in a change of scenery like that will also like give me some yeah magic quite a bit of magic yeah Yeah. I get that Um, I love that wait did I interrupt you like so I wanted to hear you talk about like how like what it feels like to like start digging into a brand new medium that's like a little scary oh okay so for example I would like to do jewelry I think (laughs) and there is a one there's like one place that you can take classes it's called b golden jewelry school and they have a location in salt lake and in austin texas and i met the owner um and she is a magical person i need to interview her yeah that would be amazing actually help me like give me her name yeah her name's Brittany Brittany golden and which okay. is so perfect yeah. i can't believe how perfect that is <laughs> but um she had this tiny little a place in Sugar House where they were doing this thing and she runs a, a cohort which is like a six-week program where you're there for five hours a day wow. and they teach you how to make your own jewelry company cool. and you learn just like everything and I, I can't do that now but that's like a huge dream because I can take their classes separately it's probably more you know economic to do it all at once but 
I did take one enameling class cool. in their new location, which is much bigger and it's so big and clean and bright and they have tools everywhere. And metal as a medium is terrifying. It's actually dangerous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's fire, there's <laughs> fumes, there's glass dust, there's, um, you can hurt yourself on the tools. Yeah. That's actually that's, really scary. That's voracious though. It's voracious, yeah. right? <laughs> it's expensive if you want a certain type of metal for this and that, whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of technical stuff that I have never had to encounter in any of so the mediums. Cool. I'm so excited for ever. you to get into that. I am too. And molding and casting is probably the closest I've come to a really technical medium where you kind of have to know the chemistry of how things are reacting. You did start out in chemistry. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It really is a lot. But I feel like it's a nice medium because it lasts forever and you can redo it because you can melt metal. You just melt it back down. It's like recyclable, which is like super like eco-friendly, I think. Cool. And I would love to venture into more eco-friendly styles of artistic yeah, foam mediums. is probably not. No. Like plastic <laughs> is definitely not. Pretty much anything that you have to cut out of something and there's scraps left over, I just feel terrible. Like yeah. I have to use these scraps somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't really always do that. So you'd have to use you'd have to make abstract art. Yeah. Which we, you don't do. No, not no. <laughs> You can turn it into confetti or something else. <laughs> but like you'd make like a collage. Yeah, a collage. It's this color here, this color there. But yeah. But it would so, be abstract probably. Yeah, yeah. it would have to be. Um, do you, uh, one thing that we haven't talked about but that I know is that you still take music really seriously. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, if you I call... Mean, c- you are in a group that performs. I am in and a that rehearses, True. Which I would say is serious quite serious it's serious enough yeah i think so it's the community band the lehigh silver band it's tiny we have maybe 20 25 members um i am one of like two trombones so i feel important because you are important. <laughs> low brass, you don't get as many people out for this low is brass. my point though like so. it i think it's such evidence of how you value creativity yeah that like you you make time and make room to like commit it's to like volunteering music in your life yeah it's I a nice it's way to have ass. it oh thanks <laughs> i do i'm totally serious oh i think it's like i don't know these kinds of things like maybe like i don't know i think sometimes they can get feeling frivolous to us maybe because we just I think maybe we take for granted how much we care about these things. Right. But I think for a lot of people who, you know, felt creative in their youth and aren't doing it anymore, like, it's a good reminder that, like, there's both sides of this thing. There's, like, the kind of thing where it's, like, just, like, write your idea in a notebook. Like, that's 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 all you have to do. Have an idea in the first place. That's creative. Mm -hmm. Listen to a new podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. watch some YouTube videos. But also maybe like the other side of it is like, maybe you have to like commit to like saving some time. Yes. You know, I think those are both like important things to. Exactly. It's just, you know, an hour and a half a week. It's not anything too rigorous, but like the the magical moment for me, really, I've, I've been in this band like two years now, but when we did Memorial Day at the cemetery. Yeah. And afterwards, people coming up to us and saying, thank you so much for providing music for this. Yeah. It 
touched me in a way I was not expecting. Yeah. And like my grandfather was a veteran and stuff. And like, I, I felt it, it just hit different. Yeah. You know, I was serving my community totally. in a way that only I could do. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. It was just special. And I do think like, I don't know, maybe this is just me. Like maybe this is just my like Emily worldview, but I believe that those kinds of like magical moments are like all around you all day. Yeah. But you do have to like put up, put up front like a teeny bit of investment in um, looking for them. Yeah, absolutely. But that feels like this big picture creative. That's my favorite thing of all time. <laughs> Just sure. like, like having a creative um, outlook. Yeah. I was going to say perspective, but yeah. outlook is even better. Um, are you still writing? Do you still write poems? Poems. Oh gosh. Or stories or um not copy really <laughs> write write, copy. copy okay I write copy for my Instagram pages yeah. which I have like three now <laughs> and that does take some creativity yeah. I want to say something that's witty or you know sometimes I want to ramble about how I every detail about how I made something and I'm like no one's gonna read all that I would read so it I have to yeah some people do read yeah. it though so it's like a, a medium I would love balance. that kind of thing <laughs> but like do you want to talk about any of that stuff here like obviously you don't have like a specific visual that you can like you know reference but is but do you want to talk about like the you know joy that you find in like the minutiae I do I really do find joy in that um with every medium it's not just like one piece of fabric it's the thread that goes into that fabric and like the choice of colors and the textures behind it and like why this fabric is a better use than this other one because of the way it irons or wrinkles or shimmers or whatever there's so much nuance to every medium and I do love talking about that to people I love that kind of thing yeah so much it's awesome now that we know that we live six minutes away, mm-hmm. like I'm a person that you can be like, Emily, I finished a new thing and I would come, come over and you could be like, here's how, here's like this little thing here. And here's this little thing here. Okay. And I'm not <laughs> kidding you. I would love that so much. I will do it. Okay. I will invite you. Cause we'll I really, like, I get pumped about like the little, the little things that make the beautiful whole. Mm-hmm. So, so lit up about that. Cool. That's yeah. great. And I think, I think like a lot of people, even creative people sometimes mm-hmm. don't have that piece. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where do they, you think that's true? Where they want to share. Or just like, are or... excited about the little thing. Like I think sometimes yeah. the little things like a means to an end. Right. Right. But I like treasure those little things. Yeah. Same. Like you do too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the person who can't sleep at night when there's a new thing that yeah. I want to work on. I will do 3d turnarounds of it in my head. Think of every material I'm going to use <laughs> in the same way. It's crazy. I it's like obsessive too yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's so much fun though. It it's is. so much fun. And then I just think like, I, maybe it's like a coping mechanism, but like, I don't care because mm-hmm. it's, why yeah. would this a, be a problem? It's a safe coping mechanism. <laughs> it doesn't harm anyone, including yourself. Oh, yeah. well, unless you're not getting sleep, which has happened before. I also struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, like the most harm that I can think that it does is like I invest money and time in like my creative projects. Mm-hmm. And maybe partly because of that, I'm still driving my 2003 Honda Civic Oh, <laughs> from high school. No, you I know? get that. 
you you prioritize that and I think that's great I, I think do too I prioritize it over cleaning my house for example yes I, who wants to do that when you have time to you know delve into a new project so yeah I had a I wrote like an essay maybe like a year ago about the about the struggle that I feel reconciling like the pure like unadulterated joy I feel creating and like the very complex feelings I have, like releasing things. Right. And it sounds like perfectionism, but that's totally not what it is. Because right. like I do not I do not have a perfectionism issue. I love making things and you know that means making a lot of things that really suck while you're getting <laughs> while you're like true. while you're figuring out how to make the things you're excited about. Exactly. Like anyone who produces as much as you or I do is not having a perfectionism yeah, issue. You're going through iterations <laughs> right. and mock-ups and you have to, and perfectionism you know, is crippling. And like, that's not the issue that hard. I have or you have, I think. Yeah. Right. Mostly. Yeah. But the thing that I was going to say about it is like someone, you know, several people kind of wrote and were like, you need to not, you know, feel like a perfectionist. Like it's okay if your house isn't clean. And I'm going like, Oh, you have no idea the extent to which I'm totally fine with my house being like, yeah, really not clean. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you think you're giving me advice that like you, you're just wrong about it. This right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I will sometimes not clean my floors for like several yes. months. Same. <laughs> Same. Because there are better things to work on. Yeah. And it'll just get undone. It just feels pointless. It so you have well, to be okay with, with a there. happy medium. <laughs> It's not a biohazard by any means, but yeah, you know, there's some things that haven't been done in a while. <laughs> totally. Well, actually I find too, that like, I always clean my house a little bit before I do a podcast interview. And I feel oh, like yeah. that's also like another little creative hack where I'm like, right. If I didn't have this podcast, what would my house look like? Exactly. We don't know. When you have people over, <laughs> it's the one driving thing. It's like, oh, we need to invite people over every week then. Cause I do, but then I do, yeah. like I do an interview about once a week and then my house gets like, if you're not yeah. looking too closely, Life you'll hack. be like, it's clean here. You're so smart. <laughs> I mean, genius. Just invite me over to look at your costumes, but it, Perfect. you don't quickly, you'll realize you don't need to clean for me because I'll never care. Excellent. <laughs> As long as there's floor showing <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about like art, creativity, like anything else you just like are brimming to share? Oh man, we've covered so many beautiful things. So many beautiful things. Yeah. Just like if I have advice for anyone, don't be afraid of new mediums and find ways to incorporate mediums together. Yes into new things and explore life is so short you have time to explore yeah no matter how much time you think you don't have you do 100 <laughs> percent agree you know yeah explore new mediums and explore new identities because mm -hmm. we're all underbaked yes right we're we, all underbaked. we're underbaked you're not done that's the point you're dead. <laughs> yeah i mean and even then like who knows yeah <laughs> The it's world like is our oyster. even the most beautiful plant is still growing new leaves and new blossoms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. your little <laughs> yes, out of nowhere wisdom. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. Has that? Have you heard that before? Is that an no? I totally right just now? made that. I'm really into yeah. it. All that right. sounds like something that should be. Framed. We're gonna use that. <laughs> even the most beautiful plant is still growing new leaves. Mm -hmm. And even the most beautiful person is still growing new hairs. Yes, on their head and generating. A brand new liter of phlegm every day. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. 
<laughs> well, okay. I ask everybody at the very end to tell me on this day, what's your dream collaboration? Oh, my dream collaboration. Okay. So I have a muse. Her name is Joanna Newsom. Joanna Newsom. Dude. She's married to Andy Samberg. Isn't that the funniest thing? I love it. It's so yeah. perfect. I know. Opposites attract and I they are know. the ultimate opposition couple. Love, love, Of love. all time. So... Wait, what was the question? <laughs> Your dream collaboration. <laughs> so Joanna knows. I got to see her in concert. Really? And that I was like, to see her. it was incredible. I can't even explain to you. It was just, and yeah. I hope, I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but she came to Salt Lake to um, the depot. Cool. That's a great like, venue. It's like the perfect size. Yeah. I had to stand up. There weren't enough chairs. Well, and also, like, if you're not that tall, that can be a bummer. Right. I get that. I'm five one. It was. It was a little. Yeah, I had to kind of lean against a column, but it was completely worth it. And if I could, like, so animation's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I talked about having that animation class, yeah. but if I could animate one of her songs, yeah, into a, like a story, like a short film. Well, maybe you could like make a costume that she tours in too. Oh yeah, she wears crazy cool fashion. Like I love artists. She's so that fashionable. Wear, <laughs> I love mu- music artists that like wear costumes. Yeah, and Gaga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I especially love it when it's like a like they're like they're just wearing it to like their little shows and not yeah. like it's not like a. It's like publicity. A, it's thing. not like a gala event. Yeah, totally. Or, it's totally. just to show their personality and totally. That's like great. A, like a heightened, like a, something a bit heightened about even like mm-hmm. a smaller show. That's yeah. Awesome. It makes you feel special that you got to attend. I think so too. Like it's an experience. Yeah. Um, I hope you get to collaborate with Joanna Newsom. That'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> and then finally tell everybody where to find you and your work. All right. Yes. So for now I am under the moniker Sailor Crafty, of course, the Sailor Moon influence there. Love. Um, and it was nice and broad it covers a lot of, of uh, space so i'm at sailor crafty 26 on instagram um i used to have a facebook page but right now instagram's pretty much where i'm at facebook is not what you need if you're in a visual medium yeah it seems to be less relevant it makes a little more there. sense for music i think but nevertheless yeah. um and then your your new brand at some point is vanna it will be called vanna v Vanity. And the V stands for the other things I, I talked love, about. Love, Vanna V. And here's so why. Much. Okay, go for it. So I wrote Vanna down. Just I'm like, I want my brand to have something with this. I wrote it in all caps. And I realized if I add another V, it actually looks like teeth. <gasps> it looks like fangs. <gasps> and I, it was like the universe gave it to me. Love, I, I was incredible. I that so much. <laughs> That's so amazing. So Vanna V, look for the teeth. I've already secured the instagram okay great and i'm gonna we'll go follow set up it and, and so that you have some followers <laughs> when you when you're ready to start putting some stuff in there there you go vanna v llc on instagram amazing savannah thank you so much for thank coming you. to talk with me this is the best i loved it i loved <laughs> it so much Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.